What is up Dilun Nation, it's Rick here. Today, we're going to be exploring this company by the name of Fubo TV, ticker symbol F-U-B-O, Fubo. Now, this company two months ago, in October, it was priced at $10. And since then, the stock price went from $10 to as high as $62, my friend. That is a six-bagger right there. Now, for those who may not know this company, Fubo TV is actually the first sports streaming service in the US. It is the only streaming service to offer live sporting events in 4K HDR resolution. Now, to all the sports fans out there, this is a huge deal, right? Big deal, right? Anyway, looking at their third quarter results, which just recently uh, released, their revenue was up by 47% to $61 million, which is is well ahead of their expected range. They expected a range somewhere between 52 to $55 million. And they had they achieved a $61 million. That is a 47% uh, gain. Now, as for their subscription revenue alone, it went up by 64%. Right? Ad advertising revenue, it went even faster. It grew up to 153%. Now, to me, there is no doubt that this company is going to grow in the future as their number of subscribers keep increasing, right? But here's the thing. It may seem to be a good company. Question is, is it really a great company? Because like I said, we are only interested in great quality businesses, right? We don't want to hold 20 to 30 good companies. We're not interested in good companies. We only want to have 5 to 10 really outstanding businesses. Right? So that is what we want in our portfolio. So the question is, is Fubo TV a great business to hold? That is what we'll be exploring in this episode. The fundamentals of this company and what could potentially go wrong or right investing in this company. But before that, here's a quick disclaimer. This is not an advice or even a recommendation. So don't take any of this as a financial advice if you need a proper uh, advice, do speak to a fiduciary or a financial advisor and they'll be able to help you with your specific needs. So when you're ready, let us get started. So how did Fubo TV actually got started? Now, five years ago when Fubo TV first started, the CEO of the company, which is David Gandler, I hope I pronounced his name correctly, David Gandler, he had a different business model in mind, right? So when he first started, he before he even started Fubo TV. He was the head of monetization at Drama Fever, which is a free, a streaming video, sorry, a streaming video service offering Korean dramas and other foreign language content that was acquired by SoftBank in 2014. So we can say that the CEO actually has the experience of running a streaming uh, service company, right? Because he has done it before. So when he co-founded this Fubo TV with two of his colleagues, the service they had in mind was to offer legal access to international soccer games. So he was actually only focused on international soccer games. His plan was actually to be the Netflix of soccer. So when Fubo TV was launched in 2015, their monthly subscription was only $7 per month and they had like a couple of uh, soccer-centric channels in their streaming arsenal. Right? But as they strike more deals with some of their partners, they were required to carry non-soccer contents as well. So because of that, that was how uh, everything started piecing together. 
and that's how they become the Fubo TV they are today. So, in 2017, they relaunched their broad range of live television channels, and they priced it at $35 per month subscription. So over time, the content and the cover charges continue to expand. But the good thing is, the higher prices are not keeping their sports fans away, right? They are, they are not really losing their subscribers because of their increase in uh, prices. So the best part about having sports fans is that they will do whatever it takes to watch their favorite game. They will never miss a single game. And if possible, they will even re-watch the game or the match just because they enjoy it. Right, and they don't mind paying extra just to watch the best quality games. So that is why, in this case, even though Fubo TV has been increasing over time, they has been they have been increasing their subscription fee, monthly subscription fee. They we don't see that the churn churn rate is increasing. Right, the number of subscribers are still increasing. So that's a good thing about Fubo Fubo TV and also their their subscribers, which is hardcore sports fans. Right, but the thing is. Fubo TV subscribers was actually affected during the first half of this year because of the pandemic, but of course, over time now the business is get is picking back up, and that that's a good thing for the uh, company. As for their business model, they actually focus primarily on channels that distribute live sports, including NFL, which is National Football League, and for the rest of the world we call it rugby. All right, and MLB as well, which is Major League Baseball, and NBA basketball, NHL ice hockey, MLS Major League Soccer, and also international soccer. <sighs> you know, I still can't make sense of why it is called soccer. To be honest, like seriously, why is it called soccer? Like we are kicking the damn ball, right? How is that? How is that not football? <sighs> I'll never understand. But anyway, I'm not. Let's not get into this argument. Otherwise, we'll never finish this. Episode. Anyway, their basic plan, Fubo TV's basic plan, offers up to 112 channels, including 43 of the top 50 Nelson-rated network. We are talking about some of the most popular entertainment networks and also double-digit news channel. And if that is not enough, subscribers can pay more for higher tiers with even more niche sports and premium channels. Their source of revenue. Is actually ma- mainly coming from two components. The first is subscription revenue, and the second is advertising revenue. And both, as I mentioned just now, they are increasing rapidly. Subscription revenue, like I said, it went up by sixty-four percent. Right, advertising revenue is the smaller part of the business, but they are growing very, very fast. Which is, as of now, is about hundred and fifty-three percent. Now, as for their growth strategy, they are focused on six main elements. The first is to accelerate subscriber acquisition. The second, upsell and retain existing subscribers. The third, grow advertising inventory. The fourth, continue to enhance content portfolio and technology. Five, expand internationally, and number six, enter into adjacent markets. So, if they are able to execute accordingly. If the management is able to execute accordingly, then there is no doubt that co- the company is really going to continue to grow exponentially. Now, looking at this, what do you think can potentially go wrong or go right with Fubo TV? Let's first talk about the four things that can go right with the company. The first thing is international expansion. Now, Fubo TV has a major plan 
for international expansion. Currently, about 98% of their subscribers are from the US and also Canada. But just looking at the soccer f- number of soccer fans in the whole world, there are an estimate of about 3.5 billion soccer fans worldwide. So just expanding worldwide will definitely open more opportunities for the company to grow their subscribers because now we are just talking about soccer fans. We haven't even talked about the other sports, right? So there's actually a huge uh, growth potential if they start exploring uh, internationally. Secondly, the cord-cutting migration. Now, here's the thing. The rapid shift to TV streaming is really going to disrupt the traditional cable TV distribution model. Because why? Not only does it provide new options for consumers, it will also provide new opportunities for broadcasters and also for advertisers. So it's really going to be a win-win game for all three of them, consumers, broadcasters, and also advertisers. And based on the research that was stated in the Football TV annual report, it says, cord cutting and also cord never household continue to accelerate adoption in the US as pay TV subscribers increasingly favor the streaming experience. We believe this creates significant opportunities for VMVPDs like Fubo TV to address the $199 billion global pay TV services. So this transition is actually going to help Fubo TV. It's like a tailwind for Fubo TV to gain market share in the future. Right, so that's the good thing about Fubo TV. The third potential that I see in Fubo TV is that the average revenue growing faster than the average cost. Now, the ARPU, which is average revenue per user, can keep growing faster than the ACPU, which is the average cost per user. Now, over the past year, Fubo TV started to generate positive contribution profit. Right, a major contributing factor is that their average cost per user, which is APCU, is growing more slowly compared to their average revenue per user, ARPU. So the larger the company grows, the more leverage or the more control it has over the cost structure of the business. The fourth reason why I think Fubo TV has such a huge potential is their ad revenue. I do believe that their ad revenue can outpace subscriber revenue growth. We have seen that their ad revenue went up by 153% in Fubo TV's latest quarter, right? Compared to the 64% growth in subscriber revenue. So I do see that they are just getting started. And as I read more about them, I can see that the management is actually serious about growing the advertising revenue. Now, Fubo TV, they first introduced addressable advertising in 2017. And the following year, the company started building their own uh, ads team, advertising team. Their monetizing strategy for advertising is like this. They'll bring advertisers a full TV viewing experience. Since Fubo TV provides a live streaming service, 90% of people will be watching this content live and some of them will be even on connected TV device. So that means they'll be watching ads on big screen in live and also immersive environment. So it's going to change the whole experience of advertising. Right. Although their ad revenue is only a small part of the business for now, but I do believe that their ad revenue, if they continue to grow, it will contribute a significant amount towards their overall revenue. Now, with all of this potential of the company, I do think that they have a lot of growth potential and there's no doubt that they will continue to grow in the future. In fact, 
there's a lot more that I didn't really share because I think it's too long of a list to be sharing in this one episode. But then again, all of these are just projection, right? They are just projections and we have to see if the management can effectively meet this expectation. Only then we'll know if the company is worth investing. But what's more important is to understand the risk, the risk involved when you invest in this company. So let's dive into the four potential risks of what could go wrong if you invested in Fubo TV. The first thing is, of course, the pandemic, right? Since Fubo TV is hev- heavily dependent on live sports event, it's very likely that they are subs- susceptible to the pandemic. During the first half of 2020, Fubo TV subscribers dropped because of the pandemic. Because every major sports league, they had to suspend their games from mid-March onwards until the summer. So the number of paid subscribers went from 316,000 to just 286,000 within the first six months of 2020. But now because the business is slowly picking back up, they now have about 455,000 paid subscribers. So we can say that they're actually growing rapidly, but because of the pandemic, it does affect. So if for whatever reason, the pandemic comes back and we go into lockdown mode once again, and all of this major sports league gets affected, then Football TV is very likely to suffer, right? So that is the first risk that we have to remember, right? We have to understand. The second thing here is the subscription pricing. Now, when Football TV first started out with their soccer streaming service in 2015, like I said, the subscription fee was only $7 per month. And then they developed their full-featured live TV streaming platform, and they are charging $35 per month just two years later. As of now, if not mistaken, it's about $64 per month. And the good thing is that we can see consumers are still sticking around for now, right? They are subscribers. They're not leaving the platform. But let's be honest. If let's say you notice that your subscription fee is always increasing, I bet you're not going to be happy, right? Of course, you're not going to be happy because you see it's, it's slowly increasing and up to a point you might eventually find for other alternatives. So this can be a situation as well, right? In fact, isn't this what got cable TV and also satellite TV providers in trouble? They keep increasing their price and now they are bleeding subscribers because now we as consumers, we have other lower cost alternatives, right? Like Fubo TV and also other OTT services. So there's actually a research that's been done by this, it's called Lichman Research. And they revealed that the mean monthly spending on pay TV service among subscribers was about $107. And that is a 30% increase over the average cost of $75 per month back in 2010. So similar to Fubo TV, subscribers are really not going to, going to be happy if Fubo TV keeps increasing the subscription pricing. The fourth risk we have to understand is this thing called competition. Now, the good thing about being nimble is that they can try out new things like being the first platform to stream live TV in 4K. That's a, that's a good thing, right? The second thing is they also beat Hulu and also YouTube TV in introducing dynamic ads to improve their monetization. So that's another good thing, right? Because they're helping advertisers. But the drawback is that they lack the resources, right? If they were to compete with all these other giants, media giants, they, I would say that they lack the resources. So being the weaker competitor is definitely going to be a risk for FUBO TV. 
right? The fourth and also the final risk is the volatility that comes with the stock, right? This is definitely a very volatile stock. When you look at the, their price since IPO until today, you'll notice that the price has been fluctuating like crazy. But of course, I don't think we have to be concerned with the fluctuation. As long as the company keeps growing, the number of subscribers, ARPU, contribution, uh, profit, as long as they continue to grow and they have lesser churn rates, I think we have no reason to really worry about the fluctuation. And there's one thing that we have to understand as investors. Fluctuation is really none of our business, right? Because we are only looking at the quality of the business, not the stock price. The bottom line is Fubo TV has been doing very well since they IPO'd and they have excellent financial results and their subscribers are also growing and it will be even better for them when they start taking on more market share. And to me personally, I do think that pers- uh, Fubo TV definitely has a lot of growth potential but then again, it also comes with the few risks that we have just discussed. So whatever it is, don't forget DYODD which is Do your own due diligence before you even start investing. So that is all from me. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow and subscribe. If you're new to this podcast, we release new episodes twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. And we also share tips and strategies to help you become better investors so that you can make better investment decisions. So consider subscribing if you haven't already. So for more info about Dillon Investing, You can check out dilun.com to find out more. Until next time, I'll catch you on the next episode.